Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of OTR Playlist. My name is Ferg and I'm your host for today. You might know me from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, which is also on the Throwback Network. I'm going to be helping Sean a little bit with the OTR Playlist. I recently have been getting into old-time radio a lot and I'm really enjoying it. And I just wanted to try to help out any way I could. So Sean allowed me to uh, choose some of the uh, episodes that you'll be hearing. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. For my first episode, because it's uh, almost Halloween, I wanted to uh, play a few uh, Lights Out programs. I found out about Lights Out through Bill Cosby. Uh, You might know his chicken heart routine. In that routine, he's home alone and he's listening to uh, Lights Out. And the Chicken Heart episode is playing, and he gets really scared and eventually uh, lights his couch on fire to scare away the monsters. Got my radio, I turn it on. And then I just, ah, there's good news. Good evening. And welcome to. Lights out. And it's really good. I had never heard any of the uh, Lights Out programs until this week. It actually started in the 30s, in the early 30s, on NBC Radio. And it was originally a 15-minute show and was broadcast at midnight. Uh, later, it was extended to a half an hour. It was canceled in 1939 and revived in the 40s many times, sometimes using original scripts from the 30s. The three episodes I have today, uh, two of them star Boris Karloff. One of them is called The Dream, that's the first episode I'll play. And the second one is called Cat Wife. And the third one uh, originally starred Boris Karloff in the 30s, but this is a uh, 1940s re-recording, and that's called Vals Triste. Tonight is the fourth anniversary of Lights Out. After four years of fantasy and imagination, chills and thrills... Lights Out celebrates by bringing to the microphone the internationally known actor whose name has become synonymous with the unusual and fantastic. The National Broadcasting Company takes pleasure in presenting Boris Karloff in the first of a special series of Lights Out broadcasts. Lights Out, everybody. presents another psychological drama, a play in which the principal part is taken not by the character himself, but his thoughts. The voice you are about to hear is that of the thoughts of one Darrell Hall, accused murderer, sitting in a courtroom awaiting the return of a jury, which is to decide whether he is to live or die. And as he waits, the thoughts in his mind seethe and swirl, seethe and swirl. 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 Sw
Guilty. Not guilty. Guilty. Father in heaven, why don't I stop thinking those words? Words those jurymen are saying. He's not guilty. He's guilty. Not guilty. Guilty. Not guilty. No, no, I've got to stop thinking of what's going on in that room. The jurymen. I've got to stop thinking of them. I've got to keep my head clear. I've got to figure things out. When did all this start? Yes. I remember. That night, Wayne and I were sitting in my room, talking about dreams. I remember he said... Oh, come on, Daryl. Don't expect me to believe that one. Well, I'm certainly telling you the truth. A fellow with your imagination wasting his time teaching biology to a bunch of co-ed nitwits. No, sir, you should be writing fiction. <laughs> I assure you, my dear Wayne, I've told you the truth. You're really serious? Of course I am. You actually mean that in all your life you've never had a dream? Never. Not even when you were a child? To my knowledge, I've never had a dream in all my life. Well, how do you like that? <laughs> I like it very well. <laughs> I close my eyes, oblivion, and then I wake up. No nightmare hangovers for me. Now, uh, now, wait a minute, Daryl. Let me get this straight. You mean you've never even had a dream after, uh, you know, eating a Welsh rare bit at midnight or surrounding a dozen green apples or anything like that? <laughs> Believe me, Wade. I've never had a dream of any shape, form, or description in all my life. A dream to me is just a word. Something that happens to other people, but not to me. But everyone must dream. Well, perhaps. But it just so happens that my subconscious doesn't work that way. I tell you again, I have never dreamt. Well, what do you know about that? Just unbelievable, I tell you. Unbelievable. Yes, that's what he said. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable that I'd never dreamt. Then after a while he went away and left me there. It was early evening. But I remember that somehow, strangely, I was very tired. I sat down in the easy chair. Oh, I was so tired. I closed my eyes. I slept. And then, then it happened. A strange murmuring in my head. Yes. That's how it started. A murmuring as if in warning. And then in, in the darkness around me, strange faces lifting and falling. White faces. Faces without hope. Their eyes full of horror. Their white bloodless lips pleading wordlessly in a way that made the heart of me cry out in pity. And suddenly... I knew I was asleep and dreaming. Yes, dreaming for the first time in my life. And these faces I was seeing were things out of a dream. And even as I knew that, the dream was gone. Blackness. And yet I knew that I was still asleep. And I had a terrible feeling of foreboding of a horror to come in that dream. What? How? I didn't know, but I wanted to stop sleeping. I wanted to open my eyes quickly before. And then I saw her moving slowly toward me out of the darkness that was my dream. At first, a white race-like thing. And then I saw it was a woman. Yes, the body of a woman, but the face, 
Father in heaven, that face. Gross, unclean, thick, bestial brows, wrinkles of venery, the lecherous writhing of thin crimson lips that lifted from teeth, bite and pointed, and flecked with blood. Yes, a glorious body, and a face from hell. Closer, closer to me. And then she spoke one word. Kill. Yes, that's what she said. Kill. And as she said it, she moved closer. Her hands went out, her eyes in my dream, I screamed. I awoke. I remember. Just at that second, the clock on the mantel began striking. Five. Six, seven. Thankfully, I counted each chime, since the hearing of it meant that I was awake, awake out of the horror of that dream. When the clock had stopped chiming, I sat there. My one thought was, if this be dreaming, let me never dream again. I heard a sound. What was that? I sat still, afraid to move. And then I laughed. It was my own heart. My own heart still pounding with fright at what I'd seen in my first dream. Oh, why do I sit here thinking of what has been? The jury in there. They've got to hang me. Free him. They've got to hang me. No, no, I mustn't think of them. Better to keep my thoughts and how it all started. Better to figure things out. Where was I? Ah, yes. Sitting there, listening to the beating of my heart. Thinking of the horror of that dream. And then, suddenly, her strange wordless murmur I had heard in my dream was whispering in my head again. Quickly as it began, it was gone. How could this be? I was awake. Awake. This was no dream. Then why had I heard that wordless entreaty? That same sound that had come from those miserable white faces that had floated before me while I slept. Why? Why? I heard it. Down behind me. Oh. Why, yes, my friend Wayne. Must be he. Come back into the room, standing behind my chair, thinking I was asleep. I turned round and said, Wayne, is that you? <laughs> yes. I screamed. I screamed so loudly there was blood in my throat. For it was she again, that woman, that woman out of my dream. But this wasn't a dream. She was standing there, I tell you. She was standing there close to me, looking at me. And those lips out of hell said that one word. You. I jumped to my feet. No one in the room, no one, I tell you. I was standing there, my head reeling. Who was she? Where did she come from? But there was no one in the room. Had there been anyone there? I didn't sleep that night. But by morning, 
Yes, by morning I had it all figured out. Two dreams. That's what it had been. And the second had been more vivid than the first. Why, of course. I'd never dreamed before. So, of course, my first dreams would seem reality. How easy it was to quiet the unrest in my mind. Easy to make oneself believe what one wants to believe. And yet, some measure of uncertainty remained with me. And Mary saw it in my face when I had dinner with her that night. Daryl, do you mind if I ask you something? What, what a question. Of course not. Is there something wrong? You mean with the dinner? Well, you know, this is my favorite restaurant. With you, dear. Has something gone wrong at the university? Why do you ask that? The worry in your eyes. Oh. What is it, dear? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing important. You've changed your mind about loving me? Mary. Then tell me what it is, please. All right. It's really nothing to concern yourself over. Just a... a dream. Dream? Daryl, you dreamed. Yes. Last night. How marvelous. Now you're normal even when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, isn't it? I'm back to normal, see, I'm <laughs> And here I thought from the expression on your face that it was something really important. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, isn't it? And I suppose in your first dream you dreamt of a... <laughs> glorious, seductive woman. No, Mary. Ah. Did you have a nightmare? If you don't mind, let's... Let's not talk about it anymore. Shall we have our dessert now? Now... I suggest the hot green apple pie with cheese. Daryl, was it as bad as all that? Horrible. Oh, that's cruel. Your very first dream, an unhappy one. Oh, well, I'm sure that if you dream again, you've more interesting times ahead. Oh, Daryl, look at the time. A minute to seven, and we promised the Armstrongs we'd pick them up at 7.15. Daryl, what is it? Your face. Do you hear it? Hear what? You do hear it, don't you? The voices. What? Daryl, what are you talking about? Why, well, the people in this restaurant are most well-behaved. Gone. Just the way it was before. Daryl, please, if this is a joke, please tell it to me. <gasps> Daryl, what is it? What are you staring at? What's behind my chair? What's there, Daryl? Tell me what oh, oh! Daryl, the table. Darryl, why did you throw over the table? Daryl, what is it? What is it? wanted to know why I had done it. Screamed, thrown over the table. They all wanted to know. But how could I tell them, tell them of her, standing behind Mary's chair, that thing of degradation, and those lips saying, kill. I went home. Mary thought I was overworked. Oh, no, darling, you've been working so hard. Go home and rest, dear. That's all you need, rest. Rest. Rest? What good was rest? I had to reason things out. All my life I'd lived with reason, and now this, this horror. I had to know all about it. Now I was certain it was no dream. What I had seen there in the restaurant had been no thing of sleep. Hallucination. Yes, that was it. I had been working hard. Too much work was the answer, and rest would cure that. Yes, indeed. And so I rested through the next day. 
It was quite dark when I awoke. The phone rang. It was Mary calling to find out how I felt. Are you sure you're all right, Daryl? Why, yes, Mary, yes. I'm fine, thank you. You sound all right. Your advice was good, dear. Apparently, rest was just what I needed. Then go along back to bed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, dear. Thanks for calling. Goodbye, Daryl. Sleep well tonight. I hung up the receiver. And then the clock on the mantel behind me began striking. Always at seven. Always at seven. Always at seven. Yes, that was true. Each time it had been seven when it had happened. And then, with the last chime of the clock, I realized it was seven again. Seven. Would I see her again? I stood there. Back against the wall, waiting. So quiet, I could hear the clock ticking away the seconds. Would it happen again, this hallucination of mine? I waited. I heard no pitiful murmur of voices. Just quiet. So dark in the room, I could see the shadowy emptiness of a chair near the other wall. And then the chair was no longer empty. There was someone in it. I said, who's there? Answer me, who's there? No answer. The strange darkness in the room. Deeper and deeper, I could see nothing. And then, two swirling pools of flame led right. Closer and closer. I stood there. I couldn't move. Rumbling began in my brain. Fear, I tell you. Fear tearing up my brain louder and louder while those red circles of light came closer and closer. Father in heaven, what was it? Run! And then I knew it was her eyes. Her eyes burning close into mine, into the brain of me, pounding one thought into me. Why should I kill? Why should I kill? If I had known then. The jury. They're coming back. The verdict. What? No. Not yet. Still out. Oh, they've got to find me guilty. I've got to hang. I've got to. If I live. Oh, but I mustn't think of that. I must think of what happened. Where was I? Ah, yes. That, that woman, her eyes pounding that word into me, and then gone again. But this was no dream. Then what? A voice within me whispered, Crazy, crazy, crazy. No, I was thinking that horror was real, real as the breath in me. And with that realization, the coldness of a wind blew around me and crushed at my heart. For if she was reality, somehow I knew that I was lost. And so it began. Night after night, the stroke of seven. First, that wailing dirge of those lost souls. And then her writhing lips. Kill, 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 kill. 
I went out into the street. People all around me, hurrying. I was in no hurry. What that woman had wanted, I had done. I had killed. I walked all night. It didn't matter where. And in the morning, I found myself on the campus of the school, before the very building in which a class was waiting for my lecture. I went in. I walked up on the platform and looked down into their faces. I said to them, Ladies and gentlemen, my lecture for today will be on the subject of the selective factor in the evolutionary... I stopped. A murmur in the air. Those voices again. But it was broad daylight. I'd never heard those voices in daylight before. What did they want of me? What were they saying? There was a strangeness in their pitiful voices. Yes, like... Yes, like a dirge. A dirge of tears and sorrow for someone... For me, yes. For me. And then... Her voice. Laughing. Laughing. Triumphant. And I understood. For the first time, I understood everything. She had triumphed over me. That was why those lost souls were waving a dirge over me. I was hers. Hers forever. society for my crime, she would fail. I would be free of her, that thing, that essence of evil, that siren who called men to murder so that their souls would be slaves to her for all eternity. Yes, yes, I'd pay for my crime. I ran on, on, back to Mary's house. Yes, I'd pay it gladly with my life to have the peace of the rest of oblivion. I went back into the house. Yes, Mary was lying there. I lifted her. Those same hands that had crushed the life out of her lifted her and carried her out into the sun. My eyes were so filled with tears that I could hardly see where I walked. People began milling about me. Die for 
and then the trial. My friends, they wanted to save me. Clever eternities, sanity commissions, and twists of the law. But I wanted to die. I tell you, I had to die. If they set me free, if I lived and died as most men die, the death they call a natural one, then she would have me. No, no. I want a hang by the neck until dead. I want that noose around my neck. The trap beneath my feet, the jailer pulled the switch. My feet dancing in air. The noose strangling me as my hands strangled Mary. Free for my cry without me free. Free of that horror with the writhing lips and blood-stained teeth. All in the court. All in the court. The jury. They're coming in. Guilty. They've got to find me. Gentlemen of the jury, have you reached the verdict? We have, Your Honor. Guilty. The clerk of the court will read the verdict, please. Guilty. 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 Find the defendant. Guilty of murder in the first degree. Guilty. 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 You hear that? You think out of hell? Guilty. Who will hang me for the next that I did? I'll be free of you. I'll have peace. You failed. You missed you. I'll see the white bride. You'll never get Stand back, please. It's no use. This man is dead. Heart attack. Holy. Would you take a look at his face? Yeah. As if he was looking at the devil himself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard the first play in a special series commemorating the fourth anniversary of Lights Out and starring Boris Karloff. Next week, Mr. Karloff will appear in another new air drama by Arch Obler, a play suggested by the Sibelius musical composition, Volt Triest. It is a story of death and a revenge beyond death. Listen to... Lights Out with Boris Karloff. Lights Out, written especially for radio by Arch Obler, comes to you each Wednesday evening from our Chicago studios. This is the National Broadcasting Company.
Ladies and gentlemen, I've devised a torture test between your writer and my Ronson comet. Put your thumb on the side of your lighter. Squeeze the light out of it. The Ronson comet can. Find a dangerous, windy place and see if your flame will blow out. The Ronson comet won't. Now, twist its neck and see if your lighter carries two spare flints and a replaceable spark wheel. The Ronson Comet does. Carefully turn out the lights and adjust your flame to cigarette, cigar, and pipe. Now try to inject your lighter with life-giving butane. One gulp from the Ronson multi-pill and the Comet can light for months. If your lighter can't do half the things the Ronson Comet can, get one and have your own torture test. Arch Oblers lights out everybody. It is later than you think. This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you, these lights-out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Cat White. Don't go. I don't want to be alone. Oh, what do you mean, alone? Your husband's in the next room, ain't he? Oh, that guy. What does he know about having fun? Work, work, work. It makes me sick where I've never been sick before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Get stick around. Let's have some more fun. Oh, you yeah. can't stop, stop me. Oh, please. That's the most marvelous thing yeah. I've ever heard. Linda, for heaven's sake, Linda. Well, speak of the devil. Hiya, Johnny boy. Come on in. The water's fine. <laughs> Only it ain't water. <laughs> huh? it ain't water. Linda, for heaven's sake, I'm trying to work. Oh, go away. Go away. You're spoiling my party. Throw him out of here, Kenny. <laughs> He's only my husband. Oh, oh, take it out of here, you. Take that other woman okay. with you. Go on. Come on, Come on. 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 I begged you, pleaded with you to try to keep these people out of the house while I'm getting some work done. And you persist in doing just the opposite. You kick them out. My friends. Yes, yes, I kick them out and I'll do it again every time I find them here. They're no good. You've given me your word time and time again to give them up. I'll call them back. I'll call them all back. You can't tell me what to do. Not me. They're my friends, mine. I'll give a dozen of you for one of them. All right, Linda. If that's the way you feel, I guess you and I have finally come to the end of the road. You haven't got a grain of loyalty in you. 
All I ask is a little peace and quiet in my own home, and I can't even have that. Ah, go away. Go away. Night after night, you and those people, yowling and screaming like a pack of alley cats. And you the worst of all. I'm through, Linda. I'm through with you for good. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. Keep away from me. Keep away. Oh, Linda. <laughs> he? You're not through with me at all. You'll never be through with me. get so far away from that smug face of yours that I couldn't see it with a telescope. Linda, my wife! Your wife. Why do you think I married you? I thought you loved me. I married you because I was sick of working in a two-bit barbershop, because I was sick of living in a hall bedroom wearing bargain sale dresses. I wanted dough, plenty of it, all I could get. You were the best chance to get it that came my way. No, no, Linda. You did love me. You must have loved I me. I loved you about as much as that canary up there loves its cage. I told myself I'd stay with you a year. Divorce you, stick you for plenty of alimony, and then get out. But we've been married five years. Yeah, five years. Because you fooled me. That's why. I fooled you? Yeah. Huh. You started to make a lot of money. More money than I ever thought you could make. ha, 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 ha. So you're giving me the air, huh? No, no, Linda, I love you. I'll always love you. I didn't mean what I said. Well, I did. Oh, Linda, don't leave me. You're no good. I know you're no good, but heaven help me, I love you. I'll never love anybody else. Get out of my way. No, no, I, I won't let you go. You've got to stay. Keep your hands off me. You're no good. You've cost me my self-respect. But you'll stay with me, you'll stay with me, or I'll cut you off without a cent. You won't get a dime from me, not a dime. Stop that. Stop laughing. Oh, you Sam. You fat-headed Sam. Stop that. So you're going to cut me off without a cent, are you? Oh, you fool. I've got everything that belongs to you now. You hear me? Everything. What are you talking about? What are you saying? This house. It's in my name, isn't it? The car. It's in my name, isn't it? I know, but... Oh, no, you... You wouldn't. Oh, wouldn't I? Well, listen to this, my darling husband. I cleaned out the bank account yesterday. No. Every cent of it. I won't be in the street. You will. Now, this is my house. Get your things and get out of here. <sighs> I'll kill you. No, stop I'll it. kill you. You come near me. Let me go. Let me go. Ah! Oh. You touch me again, I'll tear your eyes out. You, you cat. Get out of my way. That's what you are, a cat. A big, white, heartless cat. You think like one. You screech like one. You claw like one. <laughs> you even look like one. That's what you are, a great white cat. I didn't marry a woman. I married a cat. Keep 
Keep it up. Keep it up. You're doing swell. <laughs> laugh at me. Go on, laugh at me. But you're a cat. A sneaking, yowling cat. Now, that's enough of that. You stop saying it. A cat. A cat. You hear me? A cat. Stop staring at me like that. Stop staring at me. John, what's happening to me? John, my head, I can hardly see. John, help me. John. Linda. What are you staring at? What are you staring at? What are you... Linda. Linda. John, you've got to control yourself. Everything will be all right. Oh, Doctor, what have I done? What have I done? Now, John, please, pull yourself together. You're not entirely to blame for what happened. What will I do? I did it. I'm to blame. Stop talking like that. It's preposterous to say you're to blame. She was hysterical, John. And the suggestion that she was a cat caught her in an unguarded moment and resulted in a temporary neurosis. Oh, Doctor, she's got to get well. She's got to. Of course, she'll be all right. A little rest, quiet, and in a few days it'll all be forgotten. Is she... Is she sleeping? Yes. I gave her a sedative. She, she's resting very comfortably. Can I go in and see her? But I tell you, she's sleeping, John. I know, but... Oh, I've got to see her. I've got to look at her. I've got to make sure she's all right. Don't you see? I've got to make sure. Now, John, please. You've had a hard time of it. You'd better get to bed and get some rest. Oh, no, Doctor. Listen to me. I, I've got to see her again. I, I've got to make sure that she's all right. I can't rest until I know. Well, I tell you. Oh, very well. Just for a moment. Yes. Very quiet. Yes. There. You see? She's resting very nicely. <gasps> Doctor. Look. What? Her hands. Look at her hands. They're... They're claws. And her teeth. Her teeth. Linda. No, 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 John. You're waking her. Linda! Steady, John. I can't stand it. I tell you, I can't stand it. She's Linda. She's my wife, my beautiful wife. Linda. Linda. Sorry, John. It's all right. I guess I'm going a little crazy myself. What's happening to her? What is it? I don't know, John. I don't know. Listen to her. You've got to do something, Doctor. You've got to. You're my friend. You've got to help me. What 
In the name of all that's rational, what? Well, think. There must be something you could do, a drug, something, anything. Oh, John, I, I don't know what to say. I, I can't think. I'll call in someone else. That's it. I'll inform the authorities. They'll take care of everything. No, no, wait. What, what's the matter? What is it? You're going to inform the authorities? Yes. Yes, of course, John. Don't you see it's the simplest way out? Way out? Of course, of course. For you and for me. What do you mean? John, this horrible thing that's happened to Linda, it, it goes beyond just you and me. It goes beyond the normal into the supernatural. Everyone should know about it. The world should know about it, sir. You mean you're going to let everybody know what's happened to Linda? Of course I am. But you can't do that. She's my wife. Do you hear me? My wife. No, no, no. Now, don't get excited again, John. Listen sensibly. We owe it to science. Science? Who cares about science? She's Linda. She's my wife. And I cursed her to God and turned her into a yowling beast. <laughs> it's my shame, mine. And you're not going to tell a living soul about it. No one, you hear me? No one. It's my duty, John. I must inform the authorities. No, no. Keep away from that phone. Keep away, I say. I'm sorry, John. Oh. John. My friend. Try to sleep, darling. Try to sleep. Yes, yes, I, I know, I know, darling. But, but it's almost morning. You must rest. <gasps> sleep, Linda. Sleep, my beloved. <coughs> All right. All right, darling. I've got to be strong. I've got to help you. And I did help you. He was going to tell them about you. Everyone. They'd have taken you away from me. Locked you up. Pointed at you. Laughed at you. But I stopped him, Linda. I stopped him for you. He called me friend. But you're my wife, my beloved, and I love you. I've pleased you, haven't I, my darling? I never could please you before, could I? And now I've pleased you. I killed him, Linda. I killed my friend to save you and and if anybody comes, I'll say he never came here. And no one will know, darling. No one but you and I. What is it, darling? What's the matter? Why are you getting up? What is it? Why go to the window? What do you want? I could only understand you if I could only know what you're trying to say to me. 
Oh, oh, no. Oh, Linda, Linda, stop. I beg you to stop. Linda, beloved, stop. Stop, stop. Yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. Good morning, Mr. Taylor. Oh, it's you. I found this note saying you wanted to talk to me. Gee, I hope you're not going to quit taking milk from me, Mr. Taylor. I know I've been kind of late with deliveries the last couple of days, but you see, it's my heart. Oh, no, I'm not going to stop taking milk. That's what I want to see you about. I want milk, more milk, cream, everything. Oh, sure, sure. How much do you want? Oh, four bottles of milk. No, no, no. Six. Six? Yes, and cream. Six bottles of cream. Is, is something wrong, Mr. Taylor? Wrong? Why do you think something's wrong? Well, I only meant... You meant what? Speak up. You meant what? Oh, now don't get sore, Mr. Taylor. I just meant, well, you don't look so good, and <laughs> well, you know how it is. Sometimes a fellow has a couple too many, and he starts ordering all the milk in the world. <laughs> you... Fool, I'm not drunk. You want to sell me that milk, or do I have to get another milkman? No, 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 I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. Well, hurry. Six quarts, six cream. Only him and his old lady. The guy's nuts. Drink the milk, my beloved. Please. But you haven't eaten anything. You're hungry. You must be hungry. Oh, my darling, what do you want? I'll get you anything, anything. Just eat. No. Uh, no, I can't let you out of the room. I can't. Someone might come to the door. They'd see through the windows. Oh, be patient, Linda, darling. I'll think of something. I... Oh, drink the milk for your own good, Linda. Please. No, 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 dearest. Don't do that. All right. All right, dear. All right. I'll let you into the dining room. But you've got to stay away from the windows. If someone should see you. Here. Let me carry you. All right, darling. All right. I, I won't. I won't. Go yourself. Go yourself. You see, my darling, your pretty living room. Everything in it just the way you fixed it. Everything. Oh, Linda. Linda, this horrible thing that's happened to us. I tell myself it isn't real. I'll wake up soon and everything will be the way it used to be. You and I. Linda. Where are you? Oh, Linda. Don't. 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 No, Linda. Linda. Don't touch my phone. Linda. Linda. How could you do it? Could you do it? Oh, good morning, Mr. Taylor. 
early again this morning, ain't you? Morning. Uh, ever since you sent your wife to the country, my first customer every morning for the last three days you've been. Like I was saying to my wife this morning, I said... Yes, yes, Mr. Heinrich, some other time. I'm in a hurry. My order, please. Yeah, yeah, but you ain't give me no order yet. How about a nice steak? What you can broil? No, no, uh, nothing like that. But to broil a steak? Ach, I tell you, that's nothing. When my wife, she goes to the country, that's what I always make for myself. Uh, you lay the steak in the pan, and then you light the steak. I'm in a hurry, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. You don't have to get so high blood pressure, Mr. Taylor. If you will tell me what you want, by God, yeah, I'll give it to you. Well, uh, I... I don't know exactly. A, oh, a couple of pounds of liver. Yes, that's it. Fresh liver. What? Again? You heard me. Sure, sure, I heard you. But, by golly, for three days, ever since your wife, she went away. You, you, you eat nothing but liver. Are you going to fill my order? Yeah, sure, sure. I will fill your order. There. Did you ever see such nice, fresh liver, huh? Oh, two pounds? Jawohl. There we are. By golly, it could be you was raising a cat or something. Why do you say that? Well, every day you buy liver. <laughs> this morning I checked a couple of mouses in a trap. Maybe you like to take them along for the cat too, huh? Don't say that! Don't say that! Mr. Taylor, the liver, you forgot... Golly, that man is forrigged. Now, what did I say that was wrong? Cats like to eat mouses. Oh, my Linda. My dearest Linda. Close to me. Close to me. Oh, my darling, my darling. Better this way. You can't leave me now. I'll have you with me always. I'll keep you here. Just you and I. I won't answer it. They'll go away. All right, all right. I'll answer it. No, no. Stay here, my beloved. They mustn't see you. Be very quiet. Be very quiet. Yes, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, what is it? What is it? Are you the owner of this building? Yes, what do you want? Kerrigan is the name. I'm your neighbor. I've got that place across the alley from you. Neighbor? Yeah, Kerrigan is my name. I'm with the department. The department? Yes. I'm desk sergeant at the third district station. Policeman? Yes. I'm off duty today, so I thought I'd drop over and speak to you. Uh, do you mind if I step in for a moment? Step in. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, thank you. Well, you got a nice place here. Yes, yes, nice. Very nice. You know, the same contractors made this place as made mine. You didn't know that, I'll bet. No, I, I didn't. Yes. Irishman by the name of Gil Hooley. 
You put up all these bungalows along here, they're nothing but Blarney and the shoestring. Jumped out a ten-story window, they tell me, the day after the stock market crash. <laughs> Lucky for him. If he was alive now, some of the people around here that bought places only would murder him. What was the trouble they'll have him? Trouble? Say, now, speaking of trouble, reminds me why I come over. If you don't mind, I'll tell you. Yes? No, no, it ain't me that's complaining, Mr. Taylor. I'm the kind of man that can sleep in a boiler factory. But it's me, Katie. Ah, there's a light sleeper for you. I always say that if a star in heaven twinkles too much, the noise wakes up me, Katie. What? What is the trouble? Well, you know how the women are. Always finding something to make a fuss about. Say, I'm not disturbing her, am I? Her? Yeah. You know, you're missing. She's not sleeping in the bedroom, lady. No, no, of course not. There's no one in there. I thought maybe seeing the door is closed. Oh, no, I tell you, there's no one in there. My my wife, she's out of town. Oh, well, that's fine. That's fine. I, I always like to talk things over man to man without the women around. The women are all right, I says, but they don't know how to straighten our little troubles with neighbors without... Calling names and pulling hair. <laughs> oh, what is it? What's wrong? What do you want to tell me? Well, to put it plain, it's the cat. Cat? Yeah, the cat. You just got it, didn't you? You... You heard a cat? Yeah. It started a few nights ago. Now, it ain't just a mean one, like I said, but... But, Miss Katie, well, you see our bedroom window faces right on the alley. And by golly, she hears every meow that animal makes. You, you're wrong. Eh? I have no cat. But, but me, Katie, heard. I heard it too, for that matter. I have no cat. But I'm telling you, it's come right from this house. I tell you, I have no cat. Isn't that sufficient? Well, now, seeing as you put it so plain, I'll be speaking up plain myself. I'm telling you, I heard a cat yowling last night, and the night before, and the night before that. And as sure as my name is Thomas Kerrigan, they come right to this house. Now, what do you say to that? Get out. Now, wait a second, Mabuko. Wait a second. Don't get on your high horse. Get out. Well, now, see here. I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just thinking maybe the animal's caught in your cellar without you knowing it. Now, if you let me go down I there, tell you there's no cat here. Get out. Get out of here. Oh, it's like that, is it? You heard me. Get out of my house. Well, you sure are making a lot of noise about nothing, young fella. But it's your house. And if that's the kind of neighbor you want to be, I guess... What? What are you standing there for? Get out! Get out! Now, just a minute. Take it easy. No cat, eh? Well, what was that I just... Uh... Nothing at all! You've got no right Mister, to... Mr. you may not be a liar, but you sure are something close to it. If that ain't a cat in that bedroom there, then I ain't never heard one. Get out! Get out of here! Oh, no, I won't. Listen to that cat. If that ain't creating a public nuisance, I'd like to know what it is. It's none of your business. This is my house. Get out of here! Now, stop pulling at me, me bucko. I may be off duty, but I'm still an officer of the law. And I'm telling you, that cat, you got an air violating the city ordinance. Now, if you don't make it shut up, disturbing me, Katie, I will. Uh -huh. Stay away from that door! Stay away from that door! That ain't no cat you got in there. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I lied. It is a cat. Just a cat 
but I'll make you be quiet, but go away. Go away. Wait a minute. Take it easy. If it's just a cat, what are you getting so excited? No, I'm not. I'm not. Look at you. Your eyes are blazing. What's going on here? I think I'll have a look. No, no. Stay away. No. No. Get away. Take it away. I told you. I told you to go, big one. If I only had big one. You'll never use it. Never. Keep away from it. Help. 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 I asked you to go, didn't I? I asked you to. Didn't I, Linda? You heard me. You heard me asking. Linda. Linda, what's the matter? What are you going to do? Linda, keep away from him. What are you going to do? No, no, Linda. Get away from him. Linda, Linda. Stop. 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 Civil defense is common sense. This is Boris Karloff. No one can guarantee the survival of every home during a nuclear war, but a strong civil defense can save millions of lives. Make sure that yours is one of them. Learn how to protect your home. Call civil defense today.
Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. It is later than you think. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal. Dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly. So if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. My name, Arch Obler. Tonight, another in our series of tales of the weird and the unusual. And this one is really unusual. It's about that little god of chance, the one who flips a coin and makes us rich men or beggar men. But before we start, Frank Martin has something to say to you. And I'd like to suggest, friends, that success isn't all a matter of luck or chance. No, success depends largely on you yourself. You can't hope to get ahead if you're miserably thin and tired and nervous. But you needn't necessarily go on feeling that way. If your trouble is vitamin B and iron shortage, then take ironized yeast tablets. They give you both vitamin B and iron. Thus, when you need them, help two ways to build you up. Help two ways to restore strength and pep. Men and women by the thousands who only needed more vitamin B and iron say, thanks to ironized yeast, they've gained new vigor, new weight and strength, often in a few weeks. That's right, ironized yeast tablets. All druggists have them. And now, lights out. Everybody. You say the world is planned. I say the world is chance. Sailing, sailing over the bounding main. Cut it out, Cut it out. You're rocking the boat. Babe, babe, this is really fun. Will you quit doing the Big Apple? This ain't Roxy. This is a canoe. Smell that air. Isn't it just terrific? Yeah, there's too much of it. Dottie Nelson, don't you talk that way. You know, mighty well we came out here to get healthy. All right, all right, so I'll get healthy even if it kills me. <laughs> sure was a funny way to pick out a place to go on a vacation, wasn't it? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Yeah, and this place was mo. <laughs> well... What if we picked out Alaska or Cicero or someplace like that? At least this way. Oh, Daddy, should... look. Look at what? On the shore over there, all those big flowers. Flowers? Oh, for Pete's sake, the way you were wiggling, I thought it was Indian. Come on. Let's go pick them. Okay, by me, as long as you do the paddling. Hey, look out, girl. Scout, you're driving over the curb. Land ho! Oh, you tear the bottom out of this battleship and we'll have to pay for it. Oh, I didn't hurt it. Come on, get out and help me pick these poses. All right, all right. As long as there's no keep off the grass signs. Dottie Nelson, will you get it through that head of yours if this ain't Central Park? This is honest to gosh wilderness. Says you. Make mine vanilla with onions. Aren't they just the loveliest flowers you ever saw? Two bits were right in the middle of some poison ivy. Hey, hey, look. What? The boat, it's drifting off. Well, catch it, quick. What do you mean, catch it? I can't swim. Dot, do something. Do something. Don't just stand Don't there. Don't you yell at me. You're the one to blame. You should have pulled the boat higher out of the water. Oh, Dot, what will we do? They'll make us pay for it. Who cares about the boat? I'm worried about us. Us? Yes. How 
are we going to get back to that camp? Well, we can walk. Oh, you sure must have strained your brain thinking up that one. Oh, you needn't get so fresh about it. You certainly don't think all I wanted right, to go to... All right, Let's hang up the boxing gloves and get out of here. Dad. Huh? How dark it's getting. So what? Why is it getting so dark? Listen, lame brain. I may be just a hillbilly from 10th Avenue, but I know clouds when I see them. So they're clouds, you know. Clouds, rain, remember? Uh, I'm scared. Oh, what have you got to be scared about all of a sudden? Come on, come on, I'll get you back to camp. No, wait, Dot. Huh? That's not the way. we got to go the other way. Listen, lame brain, I'll do the path finding. But you're wrong. You're all mixed up. It's the other way. Is that a path or isn't it? But there's a path going the other way. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, what'll we do? You go one way and I'll go the other. Oh, no, we won't. I'm scared. We'll stick together. Okay, we'll flip for it as usual. I had a nickel. Oh, yeah, here it is. Heads, we take the right-hand path. Tails, we take the left-hand path. All right. Okay, call it. Heads. Oh, heads it is. Okay, Girl Scout, lead the way. No, no, you, you go first. Okay, but if this path leads up to, up to the middle of nowhere, so help me, I'm going to pull you apart like a herring. So dark. Keep moving, keep moving. Wait, Dot. Well, what's the matter now? It's more posy. Listen. You hear it? Help me a fiddle. I told you we were heading the right oh, way. Turn over that I told you so record and keep moving. I'm hungry. Keep moving. All right. Well, this must be the front door of the joint. What's that? How funny. Oh, what's funny now? That's pretty music. The place has many windows. The door's all I care about. Think we ought to disturb whoever's playing? Disturb is right one side, Lady Gwendolyn. I'll do the knocking. Doesn't seem to hear us. Oh, you'll hear me. There. That did it. It's, it's awful thrilling, isn't it? Okay, you do the thrilling and you'll do the paying if they can't find that boat. Of all the junk. How do you do? Oh, how do you do? We're sorry to bust in like this. Well, we sort of lost our way. I mean, our boat, and we thought maybe you of could tell course, us... Of course, of course. Won't you step in? I'm more than glad to see you. Well, Of course we will. Come on, Di. Okay. It's going to rain. Yeah, we found that out. We certainly were lucky to find this place. We heard you playing the violin. Now, did you really? If you'll step this way. Oh, Dot, isn't he the strangest man? Yeah. Turned his face away. He must be terribly ugly. Oh, forget it. Go on, keep open. If you'll step in here, I have a small fire going. Kind of dark. Yeah. If you'll do me the honor of being seated. All right. Oh, boy, what a chair. Yes, it's most comfortable. Now, if I might be permitted to introduce myself. I'm John Boyd. I'm pleased to meet you, Mr. Boyd. I'm Laura, and she's Dottie. Don't believe me, mister. It's a pleasure. Do my dogs hurt? May I sit and talk with you? There's so very much to talk about. Well, we should be getting back to camp. Oh, we got plenty of time. Anyway, mister, you don't know what a lifesaver you were. Was I? Really? (laughs) Anything gets Laura scared is to be in the dark. All those rain clouds. Then I must apologize for not having more light here. 
You see, my eyes... Oh, that's all right, Mr. Uh... Boy. <laughs> I never could remember names. I, I guess I don't really mind it being dark in here. It's sort of like a nice tea room. <laughs> really? I don't mind her, Mr. Boyd. She was hit on the head by a bowling ball when very young. Oh, Ned, <laughs> Will you listen to that wind? The storm will come in just a few more moments. Oh, isn't it the willies? Is your wife home, Mr. Boyd? I'm quite alone. Sure must get lonely out here. It was. Very lonely. Getting... Awful dark in here, isn't it? The storm... Oh. Oh, don't be alarmed. A door banging in the wind. If you'll excuse me for just a moment, I'll fix it. Okay. Okay. Dad, huh? let's get out of here. Oh, why? You're scared, too. Oh, huh? I'm not scared. You look so funny and shadowy in the dark. Dad, huh? what's that funny smell? Yeah. I noticed it. Like medicine. He walks and holds his head so funny. Now, why does he keep away from the light of the fire? Let's get out of here. Yeah, okay. We'll make a run for it before the rain starts. I suggest you stay. Yes, I suggest you stay. Come on, Dot. You'd better stay, my dear. The storm, it's close at hand. Yeah? Well, something tells me I'd rather be out there than in here. Me too. Well, I'll be seeing you. Come on, Laura. Okay. Mister? Yes? Oh, mister, the door's locked. I know it. You know it? Hey, listen. What's the big idea of locking that door on us? You let us out of here, mister. Mr. Boyd, or whatever your name is. Didn't you hear me? What's the big idea of locking the door? I have some very interesting things to talk about with both of you. We, we want to get out of here. Come on, come on. Unlock the door. We'll scream our heads off. There's no one around for 15 miles. Are you going to open that door? I suggest you sit down. Give us that key. Now open that door. I tell you... Dot, why did you... Sorry, I had to do that. I'm really a very gentle man. <laughs> oh, now, Dot, please don't cry. I think we'll understand each other quite clearly now, won't we? Sit down. Sit down, the both of you. Sit down, I say. There. Now that we understand each other so clearly, we can talk with each other quietly now, can't we? You know, I dislike loud talking intensely. You see, I'm really a very gentle man. Please, Doc. Don't cry anymore. That's excellent advice, my dear Laura. Excellent advice. Dottie, I suggest you stop crying. Dottie, please. Do what he says. I... I'm all right. Of course, you're quite all right. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Let me tell you of chance. Here I was, a quiet, contented man, sitting here all alone, and yet I was not quite content. Chance brought you here to me, and chance found me quite discontented. As a man of thorough saneness, as a man of infinite realism, I realize that this fortuitous circumstance of our meeting, chanceful as it might have been, is a welcome opportunity for me. Uh, opportunity? For what? To feel my loneliness permanently. To get myself a wife. Wife? Right. Yes. Yeah. 
crazy. I suggest, my dear Laura, that you substitute another word, a kindlier one than the one you're using. Oh. Yes, I said, a wife. Laura, oh, we wouldn't make good wives. Honestly, we wouldn't. We're just a couple of kids, aren't we, darling? We, we make all for hard work. Oh, mister, have a heart, will you? Open the door and let us out of here. We'll keep our mouth shut. I swear we will. Mr. Boy, please. Please, Mr. Boy, will you? Have you quite finished? Then here's my answer. One of you becomes my bride. Oh, yes, my bride. I'm leaving this place shortly. When we reach our destination, one of you will become my wife. Oh, very legally. One of us. I marry only one. Then what about the other? To the ordinary man, that would be quite a problem now, wouldn't it? But to me, well, I told you I'm a realist, so the answer is quite simple. I marry one, and the other... The other? The other dies. Ladies and gentlemen, two girls apparently are forced to decide between the being who calls himself... A gentle man and death. A most difficult choice to make. But before it takes place in tonight's exciting lights-out tale, a deep breath to slow up at least my racing pulse and a moment more to consider another matter before we return to the story of Voss Triest. It's a matter that's facing many an American today. Listen. Gosh, they say I'm too old to fight and it's beginning to look like I'm even too old for this war job of mine. Why well, can't eat or sleep? Losing weight, getting more jittery and worn out every day. I sure am discouraged. Whoa there, don't be so quick to blame your age or your job. Maybe you simply need more vitamin B and iron. You see, when you don't get enough vitamin B from your meals, you may lose your appetite, not eat enough to maintain normal weight and strength. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and washed out, feel only half alive. Well, if I do need more vitamin B and iron, how can I get them? The easiest way I know is take ironized yeast tablets. These pleasant little tablets are a cinch to use. They cost but a few pennies a day, and they give you both vitamin B and iron. That's why ironized yeast tablets have worked such wonders for thousands who only needed more of these substances. Quickly help them regain their old-time pep and strength, and five, ten, even more pounds of good new flesh. So try ironized yeast tablets. If more vitamin B and iron is what you need, then see if soon you aren't saying, Who said I'm a has-been? Why, I've got pep to burn these days. I look like a new man with the pounds I've gained, and the promotion wouldn't surprise me one bit. Why didn't somebody tell me about ironized yeast tablets sooner? And now back to Lights Out. The two girls have heard the choice. One is to live, and one is to die. And their hysteria has grown with the terror in them. Are you quite through, my dear? How unfortunate. And after I told you how much I disliked loud talking. Don't hurt him, please, Hurt you? Oh, haven't I told you? I'm really a very gentle man. Oh, yes, much too gentle. What? What are you going to do? Now, why do you ask that? The way, the way you look at it. I'm trying to decide which one shall live 
And which one shall die? You wouldn't kill us? Oh, just one, my dear, just one. Oh, you wouldn't dare. We, we could both stay with you. I marry one, the other die. Mr. Lesson, my family, they've got money. Lots of Now, just a I... moment, my dear, just a moment. Money to me? Well... And what will I do with it? Oh, no, one of you must die, and this is quite as good a time as any other. No, no. You look so amusing. Backs against the wall. Skin on your faces, tight with fright. So white, so fresh and young. And yet, believe me, there's nothing to be afraid of. You wouldn't kill me. I, I don't want to die. Oh, it isn't a matter of want, my dear. It's a matter of judicious selection, like... Nature itself. You see, sitting out here, I've had a chance to watch nature and understand her. She's very gentle, just like I am. And yet she's quite a realist. Two rabbits run before the fox, one to the right, one to the left. The fox follows one and kills. But which one? It's all a matter of chance. With gentle nature herself to choose it. And I shall choose between you two. Oh, die, I tell you, not me. Don't look at me. It's chance, my dears. Yes, all is chance. Your being there and my being here. All things in heaven and on earth. Chance. Chance. All is chance. And so you'll die by chance. I won't die. I won't die, mister. Please. Please. Let me out of here. But, my dears, why be afraid? The one that lives, my bride. A calm and peaceful, happy existence. For as you know, I'm really a very gentle man. You devil, you. I'll go to my homeland and there I'll sit and play my violin. Oh, so sweetly and so gently. I want to live. I've got to live. And the one that dies. Quick, sudden, complete oblivion. So why be afraid? Mr. Boyd, Mr. Listen, I'll marry you. Sure, sure, I don't want to die. You hear me, Mr. Boyd, I'll marry you. Oh, oh no. Then you'll kill me. Boyd, please. Will you I'll marry you, Mr. I'll marry you. Stop. Stop. Now you're making me angry. I don't like cloud talking. It isn't good for me. I've been alone too long. Now talking hurts my head. Why did you do it? Why? <laughs> You see what you did? You make me raise my voice, and that isn't good for me. Oh, no, it isn't. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Flattered as I am by your eagerness to marry me, most regretfully I must refuse. Chance must pick my bride and the bride of death. Here, see, a coin. One chooses heads and one chooses tails. We'll let chance be the chooser. No. Quickly, choose... Please don't make me angry. Choose. You little one first. Uh, Will uh, you choose? Tails. And that leaves heads for you, eh, Dot, my little friend? Heads. Chance. Chance. All is chance. Shall one of you flip up a coin? No. No, I think I will myself. High in the air. There. That does it. Land flat in the palm of my hand. Heads or Tails. My bride or the bride of death? Oh, Laura. No, 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 don't touch her. Let her lie there. Poor little child. Couldn't stand the strain of waiting, now could she? How unfortunate. Is it head? Oh, we must have patience. 
I'll hold the coin here, flat inside my hand, until your friend recovers. If she lost, it wouldn't be fair to kill her while she's unconscious now, would it? Yes. It. It's. There's no doubt about it, Jim. They're drowned, the both of them. Ah, I should have had more sense than to let them have the boat. A couple of city kids like that. Now, Jim, don't blame yourself. This water's treacherous. Look where the bottom of the canoe stove in. They must have hit a rock and gone right over. Yeah, neither one of them could swim. They told me that. Oh, this is an awful thing to happen. Hey, did you wire the sheriff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will as soon as we get back. Come on, let's keep on going downstream. We've got to find them. Yeah, that's right. Hey, what's that? What? You hear it? Oh, that. You mean that fiddle plan? Oh, I know. That's old man Boyd. Lives a couple of miles up through the valley. At least I think he does. I've never been up there, though. Hey, the wind makes it sound as if that fiddle's right here. Yeah. Well, how about going up and talking to him? Maybe he saw him. No, no, no. He's way off in the woods. He wouldn't see him. Well, anyway, let's talk to him. I tell you, it's no use, Fred. They're drowned, and that's the end of it. Downstream, that's where we'll find their bodies. At least let's go talk to him. Why waste the time? Well, they might have wandered off. Oh, don't be a fool. Look at the canoe. Well, at least let's go talk to the guy. It's a couple of miles over there. I'll tell you what, we'll flip for it. Huh? Heads, we'll go up there. Tails, we'll go downstream. Uh, okay, okay. You got a coin? Yeah. Yeah, here. Here, you flip. Okay. There. What is it? Ha-ha. <laughs> Tails. <laughs> well, we save a two-mile walk. You've got to tell me, is it head? Patience, patience, my dear daughter. You must have patience. Oh, oh Laura's waking up. Yes, yes, open your eyes, Laura. What? You fainted. Yes, my dear, you fainted. Help her to her feet, daughter. Help her to her feet. Come on, Laura. Oh... Now then, we're all together again once more now, aren't we? You're feeling quite well, aren't you, my dear? What? What, what was Chance's verdict? Oh, don't worry. It's all quite well. I... I live... Oh, no, the coin is still inside my hand. I waited for you. Oh. I knew you'd like it better that way. Stop torturing me. Tell me, is it him? Is it him? Alice, please tell us. Now, you've made me quite angry. I told you not to shout at me. Very angry. Yes, indeed. Mister, tell us. All right, all right. My fingers cramped a little bit from holding them closed so tightly. But now we'll see. Well, interesting indeed. Which one is it? Which one? Remember, I promised one of you the happiness of being my own dear bride. Yes. Which one? And remember, I promised the other one would have extinction, quick and sudden. Oh, which one? No. Let me ask, which one of you chose tail? I did. Then die. <laughs> oh, no need for tears for her, my dear. She died quite gently. No, no, enough of tears. For since she's dead, it's you who will be my bride. There is no choice. Chance was the chooser and you the winner. I'm a man who always goes by chance. Now get up to your feet. This one is death's bride. You make it all quite difficult, you do. Why do you persist in making me angry? Chance, chance, all is chance. You'll be my bride. We'll be quite happy in my homeland when we get there. We'll pack, get to the seashore. No. 
first I'll play for you. I play so well now, don't I? Softly, softly. Doesn't the music creep inside of you like long, thin snakes? Oh, what a lonely man I was. Strange thoughts twisting in my head and no one to tell them to. But now I have someone. My thoughts, your thoughts. Yes, yes, your thoughts. And I'll watch the snakes twist in your brain. Quite legal on shipboard. Shipboard, yes, yeah, shipboard. I told you, Mr. Curry, the rendezvous. I've been waiting for months. If we miss this, there'll be no more, and I must get back. And that reminds me, there's something I must tell you. Yes, tell you because I try to be a fair and gentle man. Come over by the fire. Come, I say. There, just light enough. Now come into my arms. No. Into my arms, I tell you. There. Close to me. My little bride-to-be. Yes, I shall tell you everything. I suppose you wonder why a man of all my talents and education hides away in this forsaken place for all these months. Well, you shall know the reason. Look at me. Look. Closely. You see, my dear, I had a little accident. I haven't got a face. Hey, Fred. Yeah? There's something I want to tell you. Yeah, Fred. I know, I know. Shouldn't let him have that canoe. No, 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 it ain't that fella. It's the coin we flipped a little while ago. Well? I gypped you, Fred. How? Well, it wasn't tails, it was heads. You won. It's been kind of bothering me, Fred. Come on. Let's go back upstream and talk to old man Boyd, the way you said, huh? Oh, Mr. Older. All right. I want to say something very quickly to the radio audience. Ladies and gentlemen, believe me, the story you just heard was just a story intended purely for amazement and amusement. The young ladies were purely fictional characters, and the villain existed only for the brief space of the 29 minutes during which you listened to the play. So stop breathing hard, permit your blood pressure to follow its normal, healthy rate, and as soon as Frank Martin tells you about a certain matter, I'll be back to tell you about the fast one. Friends, don't forget now, if more vitamin B and iron is all you need to help build yourself up, then try ironized yeast tablets. Remember, if they don't quickly help you to eat better, feel more like your old-time peppy, happy self. Yes, and if you're not convinced that ironized yeast tablets can help you gain the pounds you need to look better and feel better, the cost of the first package will be refunded to you in full by the Ironized Yeast Company, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Ask for ironized yeast tablets by their full name and make sure you get what you ask for, ironized yeast. Now, what about next week, Mr. Obler? Well, it's a mystery story. An amazing series of crimes and hit-and-run accidents which take place in different parts of a certain city, miles apart at the same moment. 
No one sees the auto strike the victims. No one sees the criminals. There are no clues. And yet the dead litter the streets. But that story is next week. Lights Out will come to you again next Tuesday at the same time. Be sure to listen to Arch Obler's weird story of The Fast One. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast. The one and only Ironized Yeast. With the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. It is later than you Did you get new clothes for Christmas? Well, there's a shortage of many clothing materials today, so take good care of those new clothes and call on Energine Cleaning Fluid to help you do it. Energine removes grease spots from your clothes. Grease spots that may be harmful because they make your clothes look worn and run down and because they're the favorite feeding place of moths all year round. Energine will get rid of those grease spots in a jiffy, easily, neatly, efficiently. To get better wear from your clothes, get Energine Cleaning Fluid tomorrow. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, there you have it. Three episodes of Lights Out from the 30s and 40s. I hope that gets you in the Halloween mood. If you have any suggestions for shows you'd like to hear on the podcast or you just want to send feedback, you can send that to otrplaylist at gmail.com. Please check out throwbacknetwork.net for other retro-themed shows. And again, you can find that at throwbacknetwork.net. I thank you very much for listening, and I hope to bring you some more great radio shows on OTR Playlist, and happy Halloween. Halloween.